Get your notepads ready, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A podcast that does not care about gas mileage. And now, a man who spices up his food with pepper spray, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy to have you joining us today. It is uh, another beautiful, sunny day in Arizona, and I couldn't be happier to hear that. So what are we going to do today? We're going to study Medicare. We're going to sit down and learn everything there is to know about Medicare because it's such an exciting subject. Ah, Just kidding. Before you hit that on-off switch, um, just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. What we're going to do through the course of your association with Medicare for the Lazy Man is spoon-feed Medicare knowledge in a a delightful way, a way that's going to be enjoyable for you to uh, encounter Medicare. It won't be frightening. It won't be uh, uh, the kind of thing that's like uh, having a dunce cap on in grade school and uh, know that you're uh, not able to to, uh, grasp the knowledge that's being headed your way. It's us preparing to spoon-feed you the Medicare information you need in the easiest way possible. Now, the way I primarily do that is I wrote it down in a book, the Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022, Simplest and Easiest Guide Ever. And that's on sale at Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. You can get any one of uh, four different types of books. You can get a paperback or a hardcover, an audible book, or an, uh, a Kindle version, an electronic book. And that's probably the most cost-effective uh, version of our book. It costs you just, just under $4. And uh, with the purchase of one of those books and the expenditure of maybe an hour and a half of your time, you're going to know more about Medicare than almost anybody else in the United States. Uh, Very few people have the uh, understanding of Medicare that you're going to have after reading that book. And there are people who have written negative reviews of that book, indicating it's too opinionated. I don't know what they expected from a book that a Medicare expert writes about Medicare. Uh, But my uh, view of my responsibility in helping people learn about Medicare is to help them go in the correct direction and to steer away from things that are problematic. And I think we're going to be spending some time talking about problematic elements of Medicare in our episode today. So stay tuned. But prior to that, I always like to uh, have Randy push the button on our 30-second radio spot. And so I'm going to be quiet right now so he can do that. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. 
Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, he may or may not recall the time that that radio spot was all over the uh, biggest radio stations in America, WLS in Chicago. And uh, Phoenix is a big, big market now. And um, we had it played in Phoenix for considerable period of time but for some reason radio listeners didn't respond to it in the uh in the droves the stampede of listeners that i had hoped would have been calling so uh now we just play it for our own amusement and hopefully for your amusement but it's also an apt description of what we do and why we're here so randy thank you for playing that uh what's going on with you today this is a really really interesting day doug uh-oh he doesn't sound happy about it. He's oh no, I am. He looks I'm, very uh, serious. There, there's something has today is a very very monumental day. Well, tell me and all you about know what it. it. You know what it is? No. Today in 1867. Now, did that give you a hint? Well, let's see. Now, um, that wasn't the railroad. Uh, it wasn't the Golden Spike in Promontory, Utah. That was um, 1869. 1867. Couldn't have been the Panama Canal. Did the French start digging the Panama Canal? No, no, no. Something closer to home than that. Today in 1867, the United States formally took possession of Alaska. Oh, really? No kidding. Ah, Seward's folly. Yes, we bought it from Russia for, well, it sounds like a pretty good-sized chunk, but when you consider you got the whole of Alaska for it, it wasn't much. 7.2 7.2 million, which uh, basically calculated out to less than two cents an acre. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, I watch a, uh, I, <laughs> we watch all of those um, datelines in 48 hours and 2020s where people are always murdering women. And uh, so there was a uh, an episode recently about a cop that went rogue in Nome, Alaska. So I looked up Nome because I've always heard about Nome, Alaska. And I assumed that in that huge state of Alaska, Nome would be a major city. Well, it is a major city and it has less than 4,000 people in it, which surprised me. They have three cop cars. Yeah. And I think they, they take turns. I think they do. Part of them, part of the time it's a cop car and the other part of the time it's a taxi, I think. But anyway, <laughs> Here's here's some I have what I'm going to turn this into just a bit of stump the insurance expert. Ooh, ouch. Ow. Okay. Okay, so this I I find this just things like this really interesting. Uh you know, as you said, uh Seward's folly, not not everybody thought of this was as a good idea or a good acquisition initially, but in 1899 they changed their mind. And what was that? Oh, that would be gold. They found gold yeah. in yeah. in what part of Alaska? Nome. Oh, Nome. it was in Nome. Okay. Okay. It was so it in may Nome. Probably wound up having a larger population then than it does now. Yep. It was absolutely. And here's your last chance to win a bonus point. Okay. What does the name Alaska derive from? Uh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> you spend a lot of time. Uh, finding things to stump me with, and you have stumped me now uh, with the name of Alaska. I don't know what it means, or I don't know where. I assume it came from an Eskimo language. Yeah, and then it's from native. Take, from a native take another West. step. You can't yeah, call yeah. them Eskimos anymore. No, you they're, call uh, they're native. Uh, well, I don't know how do you say A L E U T Alut. Uh, well, Alut. that's uh, the Aleutians are the chain of islands off the coast okay. of Alaska. 
So okay. I don't know if they had a different tribe of Indians living on the Aleutian Islands than they did on the mainland. Well, here you go. Here's where Alaska comes from. It's from an Aleut, Aleut word, okay. A-L-Y-E-S-K-A, Alaska. Okay. All right. Which means great land. Oh, all right. Well, you know, it certainly is a large land. Um, I used to watch a show based on the state police, the Alaskan state troopers. I think that yeah, might have yeah, been yeah. the name of the show. And um, one of the things they always stressed was that all these uh, Eskimos lived in villages that were only accessible by air, and they were only accessible certain times of the year. And so if there was and there was also a lot of drinking going on. So they were all supposed to be completely dry, but uh, they never were. They could never really stop the alcohol from getting in. So they would have to go arrest drunks and go through their house and find their stash of booze. And they'd be making bathtub gin and stuff like that. They're, the human spirit requires alcohol. And uh, some of these Indians just really went overboard on the thing. But uh, they would they couldn't get to them during half of the year and then there's another show i like to watch called mountain men and that's on uh, current episodes are being shown right now and uh, it's on the history channel and they uh, they have uh, some people up in alaska dealing with the uh with the weather one guy used to have a cabin he trapped animals and so he would fly up from whatever you know uh real town he lived in to his cabin in his own airplane and he had to do everything himself. I mean, if his plane didn't want to start, he wasn't, he was stuck there. And uh, so mountain men is the name of that show. It might be uh, interesting for some of our listeners to uh, check that out. And aren't you a, a very avid listener of uh, heavy rescue 401 or whatever it is? Yes, sir. That's Canadian heavy rescue. 401. Oh, that's not Alaska. That's all Canadian. Okay. But its sister show, actually the show that it, it spun off from, is called Highway Through Hell. And they do the same things, just different topography. First of all, okay. it's always snowing. It's it's always snowing. And secondly, these truck drivers don't seem to care about speed or slowing down or you know being careful in the weather. They go flying off of these cliffs, and then these, these guys come <laughs> along with these huge trucks and have to haul their carcasses back up to the there was one that was i think 700 feet down in a river ravine and uh, the only road was um, 700 feet above this wreck and so they had the guys uh, show up in the tow truck and they climbed down and there was 700 feet of cable and chain and rope and stuff and pulled this thing back up it was incredible so i find it very very interesting uh sometimes some episodes go into some of the personalities the quirky people that uh, mm -hmm. that do this kind well, of work basically from my perspective now this again heavy rescue was a canadian show mm -hmm. but i've i've been you've been to alaska haven't you nope never okay well you need to put that on your bucket list because Alaskan people, they are just different. They are just a freaking different breed. I'm telling you. I think that's why they're up there. I think they're up there because they're not comfortable with the rest of American society. No, they, they really aren't. They really aren't. They're wonderful people, but they are just a little different than the rest of uh, you know the United States. Yeah. And the other the other thing I find interesting is that they get paid after you've been at a resident for what is it, five years, two years, somewhere in there. Yep, yep. 
all all the Alaskan residents that don't have to be native, but all uh-huh. Alaskan residents are given a stipend uh, based on profits from the uh, oil business. Well, there. if our current administration continues to try to squash the oil business, then that's going to come to a screeching halt. And he doesn't really care because the Alaskans make up a very small percentage of our population. But uh, I'm hoping that our next administration smiles more benignly on the oil industry and lets it get back to normal. Well, for any of you who may be uh, listening from Alaska, I thought it was just an awesome, awesome set of country. I have uh, a couple of clients in Alaska. As you know, I am licensed everywhere in the United States, and um, I was contacted by someone who read my book, and her live-in boyfriend is a... um, uh, is qualified anyways. I guess he must be part Eskimo or part Indian, but he is qualified to get uh, some of his coverage, his his drugs, I think, from the uh, Indian Health Service. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he didn't need a drug plan, but uh, he took a uh, uh, Medicare supplement plan. And, of course, I always recommend for healthy people the uh, high-deductible, high-value Medicare supplement plans, and that's what he and this woman took. And I think they're both quite happy with them because – the expenditure is very small for the amount of protection they provide. That's so. that's awesome. I love to hear stories like that. Well, you know, given the yeah. fact that I'm I'm a I'm somewhat the uh, timekeeper, and I think uh, that's good. I need a I th- little more discipline in my life. I think we should probably go forward on some Medicare information. I know you've got a really really interesting uh, script today to talk about. So well, I'm looking to, forward to it. Do we? It looks like we get to we get to slam the advantage program. Well, we do. Hard to believe that's ever going to oh, be a topic. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'll I just raise your hand if you get tired of talking about you know how bad Medicare Advantage plans really are, and I'll take over. Well, I'm happy to do that. Uh, sometimes I question myself: Is my course in life really the right one? Am I doing well for people by doing good for them? And um, I then run into a story like this that reassures me that I'm doing uh, people a favor. And so, uh, you know, and there are some who say, "Oh, yeah, you're full of crap," but that's not true when you hear what I'm about to say. Uh, first of all, we have a. Uh, a woman who read my book in uh, Florida, and she is a, a lifer. She was a lifer 30 years with uh, a competing insurance, actually two other insurance companies. And I represent one of them. I'm contracted with the other, but I don't really sell any of their products. And um, so I have nothing against these insurance companies, but she contacted me and said, okay, I'm ready to retire. And uh, my uh, significant other is going to lose his uh, coverage if I don't find him something. So we started talking and then she has actually referred me to a couple of other people that I'm able to help with coverage that one of the people she referred me to, uh, and I had a long talk with this guy is a guy who is a successful investor. That's how he describes his uh, way of earning a living. He's an investor. And uh, he was just telling me his grandson uh, goes to school in a big city. And so he bought a a uh, time, not a timeshare, a condominium or a, uh, no, a co-op. That's what it is, a co-op for the grandson to live in. And he expects to turn that over at a healthy 
uh, profit at some point when the grandson finishes school. And so, um, you know, here's what this guy does. He, he is at the top of the heap when it comes to the success penalty. Uh, when, when you see a chart of the Irma penalty, he is uh, right at the top echelon. He is being punished for his success in no uncertain way. So what he, what normal people pay $170 a month for a part B of Medicare, he's got to pay a lot more than that because he has had so much success uh, in his uh, endeavors. But the problem that he's facing, one of the problems that he's facing is that he has spent the last few years arranging so that all of his doctors are at one me- uh, medical facility in Florida. And uh, he is, uh, you know, he was satisfied with that arrangement. And his uh, wife started to develop symptoms of Alzheimer's. And so that's an unpleasant situation, but it makes him more cognizant of the need to uh, maintain lengthy relationships with the doctors that he has lined up. So he's gotten all of these docs in his Medicare Advantage plan. And uh, all of a sudden, (laughs) this clinic, which is known as the Mayo Clinic, uh, in this case, it's in Florida, but I found that same is true of Arizona. The Mayo Clinic has refused as of January 1st to accept any patients that are covered by Medicare Advantage plans. And that includes people that have HMOs as well as people that have PPOs. And uh, they are turning them away like nobody's business. So uh, th- I wound up talking to this guy and he said, you know, I've been successful. I've had this Medicare Advantage plan. I think what I'm going to do is just go back to regular Medicare and then not have a Medicare supplement. And I said, well, sir, if you take that route, I've heard it said that there is a calculation out there that if everything that can go wrong goes wrong, for a person that has Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B, but does not have a supplement, that the financial consequences could add up to $900,000 in a given year. Now, that's because you'd have more than one Part A deductible if you have a uh, two-month period of time or more between your hospitalization, if they're for different reasons, and on and on and on. It becomes a complex picture. But there is a possibility of... of, uh, putting at risk a huge amount of money by going unprotected. And so your average uh, insurance guy like me, uh, you know, I'm an insurance guy because Randy keeps stumping me. So it's stumped the insurance guy. That should give you a clue. But basically what we've got here is a situation where the average insurance agent is going to recommend the most expensive a plan for him. If he can't get him to take a Medicare Advantage plan because the Mayo Clinic, his favorite place to go, is not taking that sort of coverage and payment anymore, then uh, the average agent is going to say, well, let's get you the most expensive Medicare supplement available. And that most expensive Medicare supplement is going to pay all the bills because this guy is over 70 years old. So he he qualifies for plan F which is not available for sale to the general public anymore to uh, youngsters that are under uh, that were born um, before age uh, 19 uh, before 1955 so uh he can buy plan f and that's going to cost over $200 a month but the agent's going to walk away happy because his commission is going to be maybe 10% of that $200 every month as long as he lives 
and it's actually going to go up because as he gets older, the premium's going to get up, go up, uh, and uh, that increases the commission. So that's a, a standard deal that you're going to find with a Medicare expert to uh, who will advise you of that course of action. I, on the other hand, said, look, here's what I would recommend. Take the high deductible or high value Medicare supplement plan. Because of your age, you're going to be paying around $60 a month, and you will have a limit. You'll have a lower limit where if you go to the doctor, you're going to have to write a check for a portion of that cost of the appointment, let's say, maybe $10, maybe $15, but you will have saved over $100 each month. And how often do you really go to the doctor? And he said, yeah, you know, but I could save that 50 or $60 a month. And uh, then I would have uh, uh, even more savings. And I said, well, you would, but if a bad thing happened, these things are unexpected. Uh, let's use your wife as an example. All of a sudden, she is in a position now where she cannot fill out the questions on a health questionnaire and uh, is uh, unable to have the options that she would have had without the diagnosis that she currently is carrying with her. Now, what if something like that happens to you? And it doesn't have to be the same sort of malady. It can be a, a cancer diagnosis or any number of things that are going to cause havoc with your health and going to be um, limiting your options to get the kind of health insurance plan that you really want. Why not make that decision now and uh, then not have to worry about circumstances working against you in the future? And so he's thinking it over. And so in the meantime, that gave me an opportunity to call the Mayo Clinic. And uh, they have a central number where you can call and ask them questions about their their uh, policies. And this policy of not taking Medicare Advantage plans uh, was a big surprise. They sent out a letter this last fall to all of their patients telling them, if you've got a Medicare Advantage plan, we can no longer accept you as a patient. Sayonara. And then I learned that they also have a what they call a medallion program. And this is a concierge uh, doctor-patient uh, relationship program where the Mayo Clinic is saying, you can be a favored patient of one of our doctors, one of our employee doctors, for a certain amount of money every year. You have to pay the fee every year, and then you will be able to get access to the doctor uh, way ahead of other patients that might be Mayo Clinics but not participating in this medallion program. So what they're doing is they're saying, in addition to whatever health insurance you have, and if you're over 65, you've got Medicare and a Medicare supplement, they will accept Medicare supplements. And the guy was very specific on the phone. He said they've got to have Medicare Part A, Part B, and a Medicare supplement. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. So the medallion program is on top of whatever insurance you have. They're asking for people that want to participate in this medallion program to pay a fee of $6,000 per year. And you've got to pay it up front, whether or not you think you're going to be seeing the doctors all that much, even if you're healthy as a horse, but you just want to make sure that you never have any difficulty or waiting time to see the doctor of your choice. For each doctor that you want to uh, have on call, you've got to pay $6,000. Now, if you've got a spouse, you can get a package deal for $10,000 for the two of you. 
But once again, you got to pay this up front. And it says here, each doctor will accept no more than 300 patients to ensure that he or she has time for personalized care for you. This is significantly fewer than a usual doctor's practice. And uh, it goes on and on. Will Mayo Clinic bill my fee on a monthly or quarterly basis? No, the fee must be paid on an annual basis at the time your membership agreement is signed. Will the Mayo Clinic accept Medicare reimbursement? The Mayo Clinic, uh, the Mayo Clinic in Florida, accepts uh, PPO and private fee-for-service Medicare Advantage plans. Well, that's this is from their website. That is out the window. No Medicare Advantage plans of any kind. And I even asked the guy who seemed to be an expert in the uh, answering of questions. I said, I have a product that is ideal. It's classified as a Medicare Advantage plan, but it does, it pays exactly what Medicare pays. And it doesn't ask for a discount from the doctor or uh, the hospital. And it's called a Medicare MSA, a Medicare Medical Savings Account. And he said, if it's classified in any way, as a Medicare Advantage plan, then we will not accept that for reimbursement of a patient's uh, medical expenses. So even if you go to their website and check this out, you're going to find outdated information that the Mayo Clinic is not going to, or is, it'll say on the website that they're going to take Medicare Advantage plans, but in reality, that is not true. So um, it was a shock to this gentleman who is now having to rethink his Medicare um, his Medicare um, direction and what he's going to do. And I'm hoping he's going to take my advice because I think he'll be in very good shape. Um, it's a sad thing to hear about his wife because that sort of a diagnosis never gets better. It uh, stays the same for a while and then it goes downhill after that. So he's going to be uh, preoccupied with that problem. And the woman who uh, referred him to me has referred other interesting people to me as well. Uh, so I am I'm pleased to have uh, a nest of individuals that uh, are willing to take my phone calls and enjoy talking about Medicare because they all have special needs. I'll talk about another one another time. I just wanted to share that about the Mayo Clinic. No more Medicare Advantage plans. Now, how many more clinics are there like Sloan Kettering and other places like that, Randy? I've heard about an Anderson uh, Cancer Treatment Center in Texas. Uh, well, you know, I love Medicare Advantage plans. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, not. So anyway, that your 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 uh, your discussion today on this episode in one way <clears throat> in one way irritates the hell out of me. Well, of course it does. And then there's another way that it doesn't, okay? The way that it irritates the hell out of me is uh someone telling me what or what i can't do now well, i not, understand i understand what, that yeah yeah I, i'm just waving at one of my uh neighbors my this neighbor isn't in town very often so he hasn't oh. uh, he just stood up he was standing outside my window uh trying to tell me to go open the door because he wanted to chit chat with me and i'm pointing oh. at the microphone <laughs> so i apologize for my seeming uh, lack of mental acuity well, but go yes. ahead so that, I mean, people need to recognize this is the real deal. It's live, you know, it's not yeah. Memorex. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't be at their beck and call every, uh, every moment of the day. 
So the, the reason that it irritates the hell out of me is uh, Mayo Clinic trying to tell people what they can use and what they can't use. That that irritates the hell out of me. Sure. I don't I'm not a big fan of Mayo Clinic, no way, shape or form, because I've had some really bad experiences with it. And I've had friends that have had really bad experiences with it. So there's that. But on the other hand, it's the takeaway from this, in my opinion, and believe me, I'm not an insurance expert, nor do I play one on TV. Uh, What you should take away from that is how bad a decision a Medicare Advantage plan can be, is usually, and probably always will be. Yeah, it it has the potential to create disappointment in the uh, people who buy a Medicare Advantage plan. Now, I've never said that everybody is disappointed at some point, but uh, enough people are that I feel very confident that I'm doing the best job in the world for people by warning them to stay away from Medicare Advantage plans. And who are the people that are touting the Medicare Advantage whores on the television ads? Well, we can add another name to the list. We've had um, Joe Namath. We've got William Shatner. We've got Jimmy J.J. Walker. Yeah. Um, maybe one or two others. And then who is um, Huckabee? Mike Huckabee. Uh, oh, I, Huckabee. Oh, my. I didn't know that. Yes. Just yesterday, I saw my first Mike Huckabee TV ad, and he's huckstering the same hucksterism that the rest of these guys are. And I, I think I saw the corner of a big fat check with a lot of zeros on it sticking out of his shirt pocket. Well, I never I never was a big fan of Huckabee, but now I'm even less. Yeah, there are some uh, things, even though Huckabee is on the right side of our political spectrum, he still has uh, a couple of stains on his uh, on his reputation, as far as I'm concerned, that he could have uh, could have avoided, but he didn't. And, but he clearly got bought off of the big check, right? This time, yes. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, good for him that he can uh, take money out of the pocket of evildoers. On the other hand, his activities are putting more money, sending more customers his way yep. or their way. So. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know something? We are out of time, Mr. Jones. Let us close it down and uh, come back another day. We have just spent, uh, well, we'll oh, about 32 and a half minutes, I think it was. But ultimately, Pretty- let me thank people. Uh, did we talk about what's available in terms of informational resources that you have written and or sold? I don't think you can talk about that too much. So even if we have, okay. I'd say let's go over it again. Well, let's do that. And and what I would ask the people on the podcast, uh, get a pencil. This is not an email address that you will just stick in your mind because it's a little convoluted. But after you get it, you'll get it. The mail the email address to write Doug at, and he loves email, is dbj, sure dbj at mlmmailbag.com. And that will go directly to Doug. He stays awake all night waiting for that to hit his smartphone. I know he does. I know I he do. Does. I do. I have so little uh, else occupying me, especially <laughs> at this time of the year. This is a busy time for Medicare insurance types, and I'm no exception. So the other thing, a couple other, you know, four or five items that you should write down is uh, if you haven't been there, go to the actual website for Medicare for the Lazy Man. Lots of information, lots of stuff, fun to look at. Doug has got a great sense of humor, and that is www.medicareforthelazyman.com, or you can slide over to Amazon and buy yourself a copy of his 2022 paperback. 
We're coming right into the holiday season. Get several, get six, get a dozen. Hand them out, hand them out to your relatives, and they will be glad you got them because every Doug allows me one of these a year. And I always find a way, somebody, one of my relatives, one of my friends goes, oh, wow, I'd really like to have that. Can I read it? But it never comes back. So it, it must be it must be just something. I'm not allowed to have one. Permanently. You got the cheapest relatives in the world. Just tell them, no, <laughs> buy one yourself. <laughs> but and you keep giving audio. yours away. <laughs> I know, but I'm trying trying to help the cause. And then there's an audio version. There's a Kindle version or any other digital reader that can to deal with a Kindle format, but, you know, pick your, take your pick, take one of each, you know, you can buy them you know, as many as you want, but someday very soon coming into the holiday season, I haven't talked to Doug about this, but we will have a special, special offer. And it usually takes the form of buy three, pay for three. It's really good. Yeah, people love that offer. It's uh, they wait all year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What can I say? So anyway, thanks for joining us. You could have been a hundred different places, and you weren't. You were here with us on the Le- Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast with Doug Jones, and I think we probably need to sign off. Let Doug know that you have a, a good time listening to him. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy originally from Oklahoma, now residing in a hidden fortress of solitude up high in the mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona. Some days it's at 10,000 feet. Some days it's at 16. Today, it's down around 800 feet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>